Some of life's greatest adventures take place on a road trip. Nothing is more enjoyable than traveling the open highway with the windows rolled down and the music turned up. Each town, each exit, an experience all its own. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, and today I'm inviting you to take a road trip with me. You see, I'm convinced that reading the Bible is the greatest literary adventure you can ever take. But with 66 books, two testaments, and more than 600,000 words, it can be a daunting journey to attempt. That's why I wrote my two-volume book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, where I give you a bird's-eye view of God's Word so you can clearly see how it all fits together. All 66 books of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. So pack your bags and join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. You'll be glad you did. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, not only did you break this project up into two volumes, but you created what you call eight different road trips, five in the Old Testament and three in the New. Help our listeners understand the motivation behind that literary structure. You know, Brian, categorizing the various books of the Bible into eight separate groups is nothing new. Uh, They include the books of the law, the Old Testament historical books, uh, the wisdom books, the major prophets, the minor prophets, Then we're into the Gospels and the early church, the Pauline epistles, and we finish up with the general epistles and Revelation. But when I first decided to compare the reading of God's Word to a travel adventure, well, it took me almost no time to come up with the phrase road trip to identify these eight sections of Scripture. Uh, What I believe the reader will begin to see a little more clearly is that the books of the law, for example, point to the person and work of Jesus Christ as much as the Gospels do. That's because the Bible is one story with one main character. His name is Jesus, and he is the Christ. My hope is that by experiencing the 66 books of the Bible as eight separate road trips, uh, this overarching theme will be easier to recognize and understand. Such a great idea, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. You can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia. 23456. Well, when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, he gave us a beautiful picture of his character. He leads us patiently, protects us continually, and loves us unconditionally. 
Today on Something Good, Dr. Ron Jones explores these words as he continues his teaching series, Why Jesus? Seven Reasons Why He Is Still the One and Only. Stay with us now, but remember you can always listen to Something Good on your schedule. Our audio is available on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From John chapter 10, here's Ron with today's Something Good radio message, The Good Shepherd. Please take your Bibles and turn with me to John's Gospel, John chapter 10. We're continuing our study titled, Why Jesus? Seven Reasons He is Still the One and Only. And we've been looking at the seven I Am statements of Jesus that are located uniquely in John's Gospel. We talked about Jesus who said, I am the bread of life. He also said, I am the light of the world. Last week, we were in John chapter 10, where we found two of the seven I am statements. The one we looked at last week was, I am the door of the sheep. And this week, I want to pick it up in John chapter 10, beginning in verse 11. John chapter 10, beginning in verse 11, these are the words of Jesus. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father." And then verse 19, there was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Well, nothing pictures God's relationship with his people better than a sheep with his shepherd or a shepherd with his sheep. In fact, uh, the shepherd's staff could have been the national symbol in ancient Israel because the most familiar scene in Judea and ancient Palestine was a shepherd standing on a hillside tending his flock. That's not a very common scene in our world today, but it was very common back in Bible times. And so throughout the Old and New Testaments, God borrows this picture of a shepherd with his sheep, and he applies it to himself. Now, there are some people today who tell us, well, we need to update the imagery in the Bible. You know, we don't have shepherds and sheep today, especially here in North America, at least not in places where most of us live. And we ought not to talk about Jesus, who is a good shepherd. No, we ought to talk about Jesus, the good CEO. That, that identifies more with us today. But I would suggest to you, if we do that, if we abandon the imagery of Scripture, that we're going we're to miss so much of the imagery here. And you, you, you'd have to change so much in the Old and the New Testament. Uh, let me give you some sense of how much this 
sheep and shepherd imagery just is woven into the fabric of our faith through both the Old and the New Testament. For example, the largest book in the Bible, the book of Psalms, 150 chapters, is written by a former shepherd named David. And the Bible tells us in 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 2 that when God called David out of the, shep the shepherding business to become the king of Israel, he said to him, you will shepherd my people Israel, you will rule over them. The psalmist Asaph described David's leadership this way in Psalm 78 and verse 72, so he shepherded them with, according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with his skillful hands. Not surprisingly, when you read through David's psalms, they kind of drip with references from his early life and his experiences when he was tending his own father's sheep. Psalm 23 is the example that we all remember. David wrote very tenderly, the Lord is my shepherd. And in Psalm 77, he writes, you lead your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Psalm 80 begins, hear us, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. In Psalm chapter 95, David declares, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Psalm 100 and verse 3 says, know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Uh, the prophets Jeremiah and Ezekiel, some of the, the, the biggies in the Old Testament, they spoke sternly to leaders at that time that were known as shepherds who showed little care for the flock of God. In Jeremiah 23 and verse 1, woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture. Ezekiel 34 and verse 2, woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of themselves, should not shepherds take care of the flock. Even the prophet Isaiah, when he, he speaks prophetically about the coming of Messiah, the, the promised one, he speaks of him as a shepherd that cares for his sheep. Isaiah 40 and verse 11, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He, he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And of course, those messianic prophecies bring us to uh, the ministry of Jesus and into the New Testament where the Bible tells us that Jesus felt compassion for a very large crowd of people. Mark tells us, quote, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. On the night before he was crucified, Jesus told his disciples that they would all fall away, and he quoted from the Old Testament saying, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Uh, he referred to his disciples in Luke chapter 12 as his little flock. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20, still in the New Testament here, Jesus is known as the great shepherd of the sheep. Peter instructs pastors and elders in the church to, quote, shepherd the flock of God. And I could go on and on. For what it's worth, the Latin word for pastor is shepherd. A pastor is not a CEO of a church, although he needs to bring great leadership skills. He's, he's the shepherd of a church. And all of that brings us back to John chapter 10 where Jesus says, uh, makes two of those I am statements. He says, I am the door of the sheep, and we looked at that last week. This week we want to look at that statement where he says, I am the good shepherd. When he has an opportunity to identify himself to us and make this, this self-revealing declaration, he doesn't say, I am the good teacher, although he was a master teacher. He, he doesn't say, I, I, was the, I am the good moral leader, although some people think that's all Jesus was, was just a good moral leader. 
He doesn't say, I am the good psychologist or I am the good CEO. No, he says, I am the good shepherd. Not just any shepherd, but a good shepherd. And that word good is, is chock full of meaning in the Scripture. You know, there was a book years ago written called Good to Great, and we think great is better than good, but in the Bible, nothing is gooder than good. Did you follow that? I don't even know if I followed myself on that one. But when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, there's nothing gooder than that. There's nothing better than that. He is the good shepherd. The ancient Greek language has two words that could be translated good in our New Testament. One is agathos, and it refers to the moral quality of something. We say that somebody is, is good in their, their moral quality. That's not the word that Jesus uses here. He uses the word kalos, uh, which speaks of intrinsic quality, of a winsomeness, and, and a loveliness about his person and character. As the good shepherd, we might say Jesus not only possessed a moral quality that was good and intrinsic to his nature, but he also held a quality that made people want to be around him. I always like to say Jesus made friends and influenced people better than Dale Carnegie did because there was a winsomeness to him. There was a, a loveliness to his personality. There was a sense that when Jesus walked in the room, everybody wanted to be around him because he was a good shepherd. There was a, a winsomeness to his personality as well as something good intrinsically in his character in his, and in his person. And when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, the Jews heard that also as a claim to deity because good meant God. Uh, Jesus, in a conversation with the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler said, uh, why, do you, why do you call, or Jesus said to the rich young ruler, why do you call me good? Because only God is good. He was testing the man's understanding of who Jesus is. So like the other I am statements, the ones that we've previously looked at, the ones we will look at in the future, every one of these is a claim to deity. The Jews heard it that way, and it's how we need to understand it in our time as well. But all of this brings us back to John chapter 10 and, and this statement, I am the good shepherd, and it begs this question for me. What's so good about the good shepherd? Still ahead, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Need prayer today? Visit somethinggoodradio.org to share your request, and our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer. Use the Explore option at the top of the homepage and then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You icon. While you're there, visit the Something Good digital library with more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic and find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. If you're going through a tough time today, you may be wondering, what's so good about a good shepherd? Answers are headed your way next in the second half of today's Something Good radio message, The Good Shepherd. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. Maybe you're going through a time that is not so good. If you were to be honest with yourself and with your family and your church family, the time you're going through right now is bad. In fact, it really stinks. I've been through some times like that. 
And this is a safe place, by the way, to, to verbalize some of that. This is a safe place for broken people. It's a safe place for people who are going through hard times and difficult times. It's a safe place for somebody who walks in this morning and sees a, a message titled, I am the good shepherd and wonders, given the bad thing I'm going through right now and the really tough thing I'm going through, what's so good about the good shepherd? You know, when we named a radio broadcast Something Good Radio, it came out of a really, really bad and hard time in my ministry of more than two decades. And I went back to a simple verse of Scripture, Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, for God works all things together for good to those who love Him, to those who are the called according to His purpose. And I was asking a real simple question, is that true? Is God able to take something that's hard and dark and bad, something that I wouldn't have signed up for, and is he really able to work that into something good? Is, is God who my, my pastor said he was when I was growing up in the church? We used to sing a little chorus, God is so good, God is so good, God is so good, he's so good to me. And our pastor would say, God is good. And everybody in the church family would say, and he's good all the time. And, and I believed that with childlike faith. And then I got a little bit older and I went through some hard times, as we all do. Some bad times, and I'm wondering, what's so good about God? What's so good about the good shepherd? Romans 8.28 never promises that we won't go through hard times. It says he's able to work all things together for good. It doesn't say that all things are good. It says he's able to work all things together for good. In the message, it says every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God can take the bad thing that you're going through right now and work it into something good. It may take some time for that to happen, but I'm a big believer, having gone through some of my own bad times and hard times, I'm a big believer that God is up to something good in your life. And we try to broadcast that every day to an audience all across this country of people who are going through some really, really hard times, and maybe some of you here are facing those hard times right now. So this is a safe place to ask the question, what's so good about the Good Shepherd when I'm going through a bad time? I want to try to answer that question this morning and highlight the goodness of God, the goodness of God. Let me share three or four things as we go back to John chapter 10. Number one, he is a good shepherd because he comes to us with good intentions. Good intentions. Let's go back to verse 1 where, where Jesus starts off by, by, by sharing a word of reality here. The idea that not everybody who comes into the fold of our life comes with good intentions. He says it this way, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. Now, last week we talked about how Jesus was the door of the sheep. And, and at night, when the shepherd builds the sheepfold, he lays across that door. Remember that imagery? And he literally becomes the door of the sheep. Well, sometimes he brings his flock back to a community fold where there are several shepherds, perhaps on a hillside, several flocks, they come back to a community fold, and, and together these various flocks go into the fold. There's a gatekeeper at the front, a watchman. He knows, you know, the real shepherds, but they kind of commingle their flock 
into this community fold, and then the shepherd goes and, and rests someplace else. Sometimes he does that. That's what Jesus has in mind here when he says, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up another way, that man's a thief and a robber. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, and the gatekeeper opens to him. Okay? Jesus goes on to talk about those who maybe do not have good intentions. He's already identified thieves and robbers and strangers, but in verse 12 and 13, he says, he who is a hired hand, a hireling we might say, and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. The hireling is somebody, you know, who doesn't have the sheep's good intentions at heart. He, he has some bad intentions. He's a hired hand. He's, he bids out to the person who will pay him the most, and when danger comes, he flees. He could care less about the sheep. He, he's just in it to kind of feather his own nest, as it were. He's a hired hand. All right. First question he asks is, how much are you going to pay me? You know, that's what a hired hand does. And what Jesus is warning about here is that there are some people in life, some people who will enter the fold of your life, and they have bad intentions. They will tell you anything to get you to believe whatever ruse, whatever story they have. They will use you, they will abuse you, they will exploit you, and when they're done with you, they will cast you aside. That's the thief, that's the robber, that's the stranger, that's the hireling but that's not Jesus. He's not a stranger. He's not a thief. He's not a robber. He's not a hireling. He is a good shepherd who always comes to us with good, good intentions. But the world is full of, of people with, with bad intentions, is it not? They are wolves in sheep's clothing. And they're the people that want something from you. You know, don't you get tired of that? whether it's a knock on the door or a call on the phone or, you know, somebody who for their own selfish reasons wants something from you. Jesus doesn't want something from you. He did something for you. And we're going to talk about that in detail a little bit later. It has something to do with him laying down his life. But the difference between the thief and the robber and the, the, the predator, the, the, the worst offenders of these kinds of people with bad intentions are child abusers. And they, they steal into an innocent person's life, and they, they take something. And they use and abuse and exploit and cast aside. And some of you may have been on the receiving end of some of those people with bad, bad intentions. And so it's hard for you to trust a good shepherd. I know that maybe what you've been through in the past is, is hard and it's difficult, and I would never minimize that. But just know that Jesus is a good shepherd because he has good intentions. The world is full of thieves and robbers and predators and, and people with bad intentions, people who will take from you. Jesus isn't here to get something from you. He, he wants something for you and did something for you. Very, very special. Why did Jesus call himself the Good Shepherd? Because he comes with good intentions. He leads us to good places. And he lays down his life so that you might have life. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good radio message, The Good Shepherd. 
To listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, be sure to stop by somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Whatever it is, whatever this is that you're going through right now that feels like the valley of the shadow of death, a difficult, dark, really hard time you're going through, you'll get through this. How do I know that? Because your good shepherd will make sure you do. He leads you by still waters. He leads you by those green pastures in the paths of righteousness. Sometimes to, to get from this place, this good place, to this other good place, you got to go through the valley of the shadow of death, but he promises to lead you through it. In fact, uh, I love what uh, the prophet Isaiah quotes the Lord as saying. Isaiah 43 and verse 2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ronjo's message, The Good Shepherd. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.